The RPA Show, hosted by Rob House and Wilton Rogers. The show that brings you the latest insights on RPA, robotic process automation, and how it's impacting every industry, as well as interviews with companies that are currently winning big with this technology. You'll also hear from other industry leaders and experts who will be sharing some of their success secrets to help you become more productive and grow your business. This show is brought to you by Simply Automate, where we help you get more done in less time and more ease for your mind with strategic business automation. Learn more at www.simplyautomateinc.com. And please follow us on LinkedIn. If anything in this show resonates with you, please let us know by leaving a review. The RPA Show, where you just might learn something you didn't know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the RPA Show. The show where you just might learn something you didn't know. I'm your host, Rob Howes. I got my co-host, Wilton Rogers, the automation guy, who's always thinking about better ways, you know, better ways to do things faster, more efficient. Who likes better? Wilton, when better constitutes to, when better constitutes to less time you have to work, more efficient work, more revenue brought in, processes being improved, companies staying open. I mean, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. How are you doing these things, man? Why are you doing these things? <laughs> gives people freedom. It gives, them, it gives them freedom to be creative, to spend time with their families, to do what they really want to do. Um, and we found it very, uh, very useful um, and very helpful for a lot of companies that we're working with. And just seeing how it works is like the, the, at the end of the day, giving people freedom to do what they want to do. Oh, look at that segue. Yes. Freedom. And we got a guest today, Mr. <laughs> Bruce Carnohan, the guy in the blue shirt. He said he got a great story behind that, too. He goes share some about that. But the guy in the blue shirt, you know, he's the guy in the blue shirt, not just because he has blue shirt on now, not just because he has blue shirt on LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. it looks like blue follows him around. Right. But what he does, is he gets people and companies out of the blues. Hello. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. As the process improvement whiz is what they call him, uh, this is what he can do. He'll help you uh, permanently eliminate waste steps, time, and money to reduce overwhelm, okay? Help you overcome obstacles in, in being on time, on point, and delighting your customers each and every time. This is what he can do with the blue shirt on. He can erase the unnecessary frustration and loss of business. Oh, that's such a great thing. He, coach, he can coach the team on how to implement the process with ease so they are so they are more productive and work flawlessly together okay this is what his clients say he has a wide range of experiences and focuses ranging from supplier quality insight to ci improvement projects and more he has both an analytical and functional mindset and works well with others socially <laughs> I think working well with others socially is a big thing since this is a social society. Bruce has a special gift in making cross-functional groups work cohesively together to achieve common goals. Bruce, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you for, I'm thinking, who is that person? Who's Rob talking about? (laughs) (laughs) No, and it's it's interesting because we kind of lose perspective, right? Sometimes we... uh, 
we put all of our experience to work and uh, ideally good work for others. And uh, we, we kind of lose that perspective about, um, you know, what is it we have done in the past? And uh, like I shared with you before, Rob, I've been doing this for more than four decades. So I, you know, I, I think it's easy, but it's not always easy to be simpler and faster and better. So, um, so yeah. That's so, good. It's not always easy. It's not always easy, but I would think that somebody with four decades of experience could help a few people out, Bruce. I would think. Uh, uh, well, it, again, it's back to perspective and it's not to be braggadocious. It's to get people to, you know, really understand the width of my experiences across 27 different industries in five different countries. So, you know, not only do you have to be pretty understanding of all the lingo and all the acronyms that are used in multiple industries, but, you know, there's different cultures. And when, mm -hmm. uh, when you have people with different backgrounds in different industries and processes that, uh, you know, for one industry, they might think, well, you know, this is pretty, this is pretty hot what we're doing. Well, you look at the similar process, say, a. Uh, uh, procurement let's take you know procurement or purchasing you might look at procurement or purchasing in another industry and they're doing it completely differently but uh, neither industry knows about the other industry's way of doing it so mm. so you know and people mm. would say to me well Bruce you know apart from the blue shirt you know what makes you unique right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the uniqueness is in that ability to cross-populate ideas from many, many different industries. So, mm. so, you know, what somebody may have fixed a couple of years ago in one industry, another, mm. another industry is still struggling with, I mean, they're really, you know, they're really trying to get their minds and hearts around, mm. oh, looks like we got a change here, you know, and then, and then of course the change word, right? That, that darn old C word is, <laughs> right. Right. It is a pretty, pretty tough word for some people, including ourselves, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're creatures of habit, you know. We are. Oh. We are. Yeah. Do you find it um, hard for businesses to make that change? Because, you know, if they've been doing something for a long time, even if they find a process that you, you've identified something that can really impact mm -hmm. them. Do you find it hard showing them and making those changes? Yeah, so the there's some little triggers, right, Wilton, that you have to listen for and look out for. And the first time somebody says, well, it, it works okay here, or we've always done it this way, so it works okay for us. It's like, mm, okay, those are really good triggers. And, and yeah, Rob mentioned uh, we are creatures of habit and routine, and um, it – it depends really on the leadership. It, you know, what I found is it starts with the leadership. If the, yep. if the leadership are saying those magic words like, hey, it works okay for us, or, you know, we've always done it that way, then then the change process is going to be way tougher and probably longer and a little mm -hmm. bit more frustrating for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And instead of if the leader is saying, you know, what? I maybe you maybe you could bring some ideas to us from a different sector or a different industry or a different uh, country. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if the leaders already being open minded around the whole change thing, then uh, the resistance to change will pretty much uh, diminish quite a bit. Mm. 
And it's not kind of a straight line. It's not one later less, one one notch of change less. It's mm-hmm. it's really a big, it's really a big momentum shift. So if mm-hmm. the leadership and and again, that's why I try and get to and build a relationship with the leadership first. If you don't wow. that was a, that was my question. I was gonna ask you what's uh what's your methodology of getting to that mindset? That's actually meeting with them. You know, Jay Abraham talks about the the power of convergence and how, you know, when you when you can leverage the past experiences, either in your same sector, but even different, because then you start to learn about other best practices, which can only help you to enhance yours. Wow. Right. So let's talk about let's talk about that, Bruce, how you get leaders, though, to (laughs) actually get on the right track. (laughs) Well, it's uh, you got to do a lot of listening and then observation. You know, you got to find out, you know, where where are they really at? Um, you know, what what are some of the things that are absolutely non-negotiables? Right, some leaders for different reasons, or it may just be culturally, they're they're not able to negotiate around certain aspects of change. So once you understand what the limitations are and um, what I found is there's uh, there's what I call the elephant in the room conversations. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have the <laughs> yep, yep. And, they're, and they're pretty similar. Uh, and it's about, well, you know, what do I do if the change doesn't work? It's usually, you know, a big leader thing. Um, you know, are there any guarantees around helping me make that change be successful? Another one. And then for the leadership and particularly the teams is, well, you know, if I make the workplace so effective, you know, what happens to my job? And so there's there's always some big, big, you know, tacky, you know, big elephants in the room, big questions that are going through people's minds and they don't want to they don't want to volunteer those questions. So yeah. Yeah, what I find is if you throw the question, you know, the big elephant in the ring questions out there early. Yep. Um, you know, because then they understand that I understand, you know, what what are they about to go through, right? Because right. you got you gotta meet people where they're at, not try and force them to be where they want to where I want them to be, right? You right. gotta meet them on their own ground, yeah, in their own place, yeah. in their own time. Mm-hmm. And start to have that those crucial conversations and um so and it goes from there <laughs> that is so important i think you you hit on a point uh the elf in the room and take care of that right away because regardless if you don't take care of it right away it's going to be on everybody's mind it's almost like a secret like okay when it what's yeah. <laughs> when it's really going to hit right let's get over with that where we can focus our attention and on, on on what's at hand so with that what 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 are the big um, industries? What size of industries are, are do you see? I mean, you said you worked in you worked in different countries, obviously with over yeah. with, you know forty years, different industries. Where do you see a, a, a um, you know you you making a big impact? So where I make the greatest impact, and thank you for asking that because uh, you know I I was confused myself, and it takes a while sometimes. <laughs> You know, if I'm confused, <laughs> what am what am I portraying to the people? Uh, so, my my biggest impact is either in uh, companies that assemble things. So it can be uh, not just products; it can be services as well. Because I've been able to work both in the service 
uh, nonprofit sector, government agency sector before, and also in hard goods, you know, assembling coffee makers or assembling aircraft parts or assembling satellites. Um, so hard goods. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what some people call distribution, I actually call a disassembly company. So if you take, you know, if you take any of the leading online real, 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 take any online um, retailers right now, I mean, if you think about what they do, they assemble orders into big consignments of something. So they'll import, you know, big box containers of something. It will go to a hub. They'll break it down into pallets. And then those pallets will go to different places. And eventually the the online retailer will break it down into individual packages that end up at your door. Right. So distribution is a massive yeah. disassembly process. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it's pretty common as well. And uh, people don't. So the point about all that is because many industries are either assembling or disassembling, the issues that they have and the issues to be solved are very, very similar. And so that that's where I get my leverage because, you know, um hygiene product you know paper product company may not have seen the opportunity that an aircraft parts company is seeing in terms of solving their assembly problem well they're they're so similar they just may not have seen it so that's that's really where i'm good oh. is in assembly or disassembly environments so mm. that's, that's great that's good that's really good and, and what I'm interested in knowing is, you know, how, you know, you coach teams, you know, to implement the process with ease. Like, so obviously, you know, we, we talked about the leaders, definitely yeah. talk to the leaders. That's one element. But now we, 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 we move towards the team now. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be carrying out the plan? Yeah. You know, what, what do we do, Coach Bruce? And then how, how do we talk to them? <laughs> you know? So, so as, Early as I can, I like to work, I like to walk the process in what people would say backwards. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, it's uh, the way to walk the process. So what I will do is I will ask um, a handful of people to join me on what they see as a backward walk of the process. So I will go to the point where they're delivering either the product or service or information or three things to the customer. Or to the client. Mm-hmm. So we start at the delivery of the value information service. And then I will walk the process all the way back to when item supply information service comes into their operation. So I go from the end point backwards to the start point. Mm-hmm. And what I find is that that's that throws people usually because <laughs> most people, when they do, you know, tours of their operations, they want to start at where all the stuff comes into their unit right. Right. and goes forward. You start, like, you start with the end goal and re-engineer backwards. Very interesting. Well, and then, and what's really interesting is uh, the handful of people I, I asked for them to be cross-functional. In other words, they represent all of the pieces of the, process that I'm going to see by going backwards and what is fascinating me is how many people in that exercise don't know how the process works backwards 
<laughs> wow. They've gotten so used to doing it from, you know, the supplies and information and showing up maybe at the receiving dock and going forwards to when they ship whatever they wow. produce to the customer. And uh, what I'm also looking for is what I call the people with bright eyes. Mm-hmm. So what's amazing to me is the people with what I call bright eyes are often the quietest communicators in the group. So they say very little, (laughs) but they come up with that one sentence that's like, hmm, that is pretty darn spot on. (laughs) And then then the last thing I do in the observation process as a separate walk is I will go and walk with people that clean up after other people. So it might be the janitor. It might be the service person. It might be the warehouse people that are taking out the waste or scrap or junk from. So I want to see, well, the, where's all the waste going? So I actually want to go see it physically. Yeah. And what, what I found is uh, there's some amazing people that do those type of roles that people never, ever ask their opinion of. <laughs> because, you know, they're handling all the waste. So you know what? If you want to go reduce waste, why wouldn't you go talk to the person that's handling all the waste every day? Because, you know, it can be as simple as, hey, hey, Wilton, you know, you know, how many times a day do you go pick up from this workstation? Oh, four or five. And I say, well, you got any ideas on how you could only pick up twice a day? And they'll come up with all these great ideas, and that's waste reduction. That mm. is like waste reduction right there. And right there. Right wow. there. Right there. Speaking of waste reduction, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of the great things that RPA provides to companies that use it, right? Yeah. So tell me what you think. All this experience that you have, Bruce, what do you think the future is for RPA? Great question. So um, the key thing, though, is you really got to identify what type of waste is it, right? So, you know, there's a lot of acronyms out there. There's a lot of theories. There's a lot of models. But what I found is waste can go into three buckets. Is it wasting steps? Is it wasting time? Mm. Is it wasting money or other resources? So I think the first thing is you got to get crystal clear about where is your waste coming from. Mm-hmm. And when you know where your waste is coming from and what type is it, you know, is it wasted steps? Then that might be more of a physical, you know, you may need to look at, say, having a physical robot replacing some of the physical activity that a person might be wasting. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's time, if it's wasted time, then it may be that you have to have a high-level program that's specifically an application, or it could be an off-the-shelf application that you apply to saving time, right? Mm-hmm. Or eliminating time. If it's money, then uh Usually that comes down to cycle time, right? You know, how long does it take you to go from the raw, whatever it is, raw information, raw materials, raw service, to delivering the product that you're going to get money for from the customer? Mm. So so you got to really know where your waste is. And then the other thing is... That's good. Know where your waste is. 
I, I'm going to use that, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> oh, go for it. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if you don't know where your waste is, I, I tell people it's like planning a vacation, right? I'm in Tempe, Arizona. And if I want to meet you guys up in New York, well, my the planning of my trip to get to New York, which is the end goal, is completely different than the planning of your trip, Rob, and your trip, Wilton, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to know where you're at to understand where you want to be. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and, like a life lesson right there, Bruce. <laughs> Not just and you know, it is, it is so amazing to me that they, people will jump into working on the process instead of understanding, well, what are we actually trying to work on? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they'll, they'll throw a lot of process steps at it, which then becomes another form of waste, which is over-processing, right? Mm. I I can't tell you how many times I've looked at a problem that the solution was right there in front of them. And it was as simple as they were over-processing how to get to the solution. So RPA is a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, use the take the information once, process the information, and you can process it multiple ways. But use the information once, right? Because if you don't, and that's that's the input process output model. That's the old Crosby model, right? It's been around for sixty years. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Every business works the same way. There's input process output, right? Is mm-hmm. we overcomplicate it. We we, you know, we make the process cycle six times around when maybe we could have done it in three times around. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you brought up a great point in, in, you know, being in the automation, the process automation industry, in the software automation industry, you know, being able to see that firsthand. It's like, okay, you see, you see a company build, build this company, a very successful company, but then you look at their processes and like, okay, wait, you have too much going on here. You can eliminate half of this to save a lot of time. And, you know, I think that, well, I don't think, I know that having an expert go in there that knows how to do process improvement is so key to a business's growth. Right. And they don't know that until they have that uh, the opportunity to see it firsthand. And that's what I found out. A lot of them are, you know, they're hesitant or skeptical or whatever the case may be at the beginning. But the minute they actually see what it, you know, how they can improve their processes and they take action, immediate impact happens, whether it's a, a mental, a physical, uh, an emotional, some right. impact happens instantly. And it's amazing to see how many businesses shy away from that because they're too caught up into a lot of, you know, either they don't have time or they're working on other things, not a priority. It's a, these are the things that will make <laughs> care of those priorities a lot easier if you improve these processes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's so key for our listeners to understand that if you own a business, really understanding how to simplify your processes will change the game fast, immediately. Yeah. yeah and, you know, um, back to Rob's great question, you know, how do you get to the team? So one of the things I do after that process walk, which, you know, is backwards for most people, but forwards for me um you know i'll I'll say to them hey hey, you know what what do you think are three instant winners that you could go implement today like right now 
and 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 how that goes is you know let's let's think about three instant winners so that you know you get some payback for your time of showing me around your facility and and they're in the what should we and my next question is what could you stop doing right now that doesn't impact the value to your customer the safety to the process or more importantly the safety to an individual or a team of people so what is it you know what did you see when we were walking through your process backwards what's one thing we could stop doing like right now like immediately <laughs> good and it's amazing because people say, well, you know, I I make this report for Johnny and then it goes to Sarah and then the boss looks at it. And I notice that when I take the waste out, my report's in the trash can. <laughs> so it's like, well, <clears throat> do you really need the report? Well, you know, so, right. So you go on that kind of very simple. Do you really need that? Well, no, I could probably get it off the system. Okay. Why don't we stop just doing that report right here now? Save the time, save the paper, save the effort of people looking at it. You know, display it on a monitor instead of putting it on a, rep- you know, anyway. Right. That's those good. are simple things, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. good. So instant winner. What can I stop doing right away? Get the value. Um, and then the, uh, the other thing I was uh, thinking through as you were talking is that I am always staggered that people always find the time to do things over but they don't want to invest the time to do it right. <laughs> oh, wow, said yes. Oh, my goodness, that is. How many times have you seen people want to do it over? And, and they usually are RE words, right? Rework, redo, replenish, revise, <laughs> restart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? So most of the words that begin with RE are waste. Right. And, and so... So that's the other thing I'll listen to is on that walk through the process. I'll listen to how many words are starting with RE when people are explaining the process. Well, mm-hmm. well, we have to go redo that over there. We have to go replenish this over there. We have to go um, revise this over there. And I'm thinking, well, you know, why? Why are you why are you thinking that? Why, right. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece, particularly with RPA and people miss this all the time is do I have a single shot data entry system that allows me to use the same data over and over and over again in different integrated programs? So yeah. think about that. Yeah. So the best people I know that do that so well is go apply it for a credit card online. <laughs> they yeah. have got it down, man, because they <laughs> take your name. Perfectly. They take your social security, they take your address, and they may take a couple of security questions, and that's all they need. But what, and then what they'll do with that single shot data entry is they'll go blow that through multiple integrated programs and come back to you and say, This person's a relatively low risk. I can give you a credit card now, and it's got a spending limit of this. Mm-hmm. Well, how do they do that, right? Well, they've blown it through actorial tables. They've blown it through regional tables. They've blown it through credit rating report. I mean, they've blown it all over the place. But it's that one piece of data that you've provided. Mm. That's good. And I am, solid. I am amazed at how many companies don't have a single shot data entry philosophy. Mm, yeah. yeah. How beneficial it would be. If they did, 
Well, and it comes back to, it comes back, can I touch it once and make it work for me, right? Yeah. So it's only nine, a single shot data entry, but once I've got the data, can I touch it once and make it add value to me or for me? But more importantly, for the customer, right? I mean, how many websites or whatever do you go to where you put your name, address, and then you go a couple of screens on, then you got to redo it again. I mean, it just drives me nuts. It's like, well... (laughs) Like, yeah. like, well, you already caught that. <laughs> right. You took it three screens ago. Well, you know, why can't, you know, so, so that's, that's getting more sophisticated around, you know, really using your time and steps effectively. Um, yeah. And by the way, that's the other thing. People get confused between efficiency and effectivity, right? You can be super efficient on a crappy process. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. That's it don't get you anywhere. But if yeah. you're super effective with an okay yeah. process, it mm-hmm. can get you a long way. <laughs> uh, well two, two said. E-words, guys. Two different e-words here. Yeah. Right. Huh? Too many what? <laughs> Those are two different e-words. They are, yeah. yes. Effectiveness. Yes. You, I, this has been a, a pleasure listening to you and, and hearing these different statistics and your insight. This so here's one of my, my favorite questions to ask our wonderful guests. You know, we want to get your best piece of business advice. We want to get you, you know, 40 years and lots of wisdom. I want you to imagine that person who has a business, either they just started or that they're in business or whatever it may be. What's that business advice that can help somebody? Something that you can just pour out of your mind right now you think that would just move somebody forward what would that advice be right so um setting aside uh maybe a owner's personal passions Mm -hmm. because some businesses are not set up other than for a um you know a personal reason right Mm -hmm. So those might be more uh portfolio type businesses you know they may be set up just to uh, create a lifestyle for you know a smaller group of people or just an owner but setting that to one side is you know what are we in business for is mm-hmm. a great question mm-hmm. who are we in business for is another great question <laughs> what and who that's good what what and who and why do we do the processes the mm. way we do them to create the current value for the customer? What, who, and why? What, who, and why, right? So if you can do the what, who, and why, that's probably a day's worth of brainstorming in a pretty big conference room with lots of post-it notes. <laughs> yes, <all> right? <laughs> if you do the what, who, and why, I think you may know where to go. <laughs> ah, there we go. But what's really interesting with that, Rob, is that when you start looking at how are we doing that, mm. then the what, where, and why often don't link to what they're currently doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Now, I, I can't give a quick, smart answer to that, but, but usually that's what happened, and it takes the work. You know, you you can't you can't do deep dive process analysis without doing the work. I mean, some it's not you can't go in and wave a magic wand and it all 
suddenly, you know, comes about. Yeah. You've got to do the internal work because, mm, yeah. you know, the value, the value you create for your customer starts internally in the business. Yeah. There it is right there. So that that's the key thing, right? If you're not focused on the right internal processes, automated, semi-automated, all of that quadra of all those things that happen in real life in a real business, right? They're a balance of all those things. If you don't understand that that internal work is creating the value that you're selling or the solution you're providing to your customer, then there's a huge opportunity for improvement. And it's amazing how out of a line it can get very quickly as well. Very quick. So speaking of improvement, if businesses are having that conversation right now of all the re's, redo, re, you know, uh, any, any type of conversation, you know, where can they find, where can they locate Bruce, the guy with the blue shirt? Where's the best place for them to contact you? Oh, sure. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm pretty uh, prominent on LinkedIn. So I'm LinkedIn forward slash Bruce Carnahan, or you can use the hashtag simpler, faster, better, or one word. Or what I do is I actually enact process cleanups for people. So hashtag process cleanup. Mm-hmm. And my website is actually processcleanup.com. Uh, and then, yeah, so... And it's interesting because talk about misalignment is when I was looking at transitioning from an all in-person business model, because that's what I used to have to a hybrid one, in-person and uh, digital. I was working with a lady who knew nothing about my business. She said, I don't get what you do. And she said, it sounds to me like you might clean up processes. And I said, that's exactly what I do. (laughs) So as soon as she said that, it's like, let me see if process cleanup's available. And it was available, right? So I just I, I went straight out there to GoDaddy and I got processcleanup.com. And that was even before I even figured out how to put the hybrid, you know, approach together that I do now with that's great. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So yeah. So again, I was out of alignment, you know, shame on me, right? I've been doing it for four decades and I still didn't really get. <laughs> how to explain to a person in non-technical language what is it you do bruce (laughs) well look bruce what you do is process improvement and as humans we are always improving and so the next version of you is going to be even better (laughs) (laughs) it's daily work you know it's daily work and uh, again i sell the i tell people rob if and it doesn't matter what business you're in it's whether it's your business or mine or Others, you have to be the product of your own process. Mm, if there it is, if you can't demonstrate wow. that you're the product to your own process, then number one, shame on you. Number two, you don't deserve the right to coach and mentor and show other people. Mm. I mean, it's pretty, I know that's pretty blunt and pretty maybe vicious language for some people, but you, you know, and I am amazed at how many people try and, you know, I get blasted every day with, Hey, I've got this. I've got this great service Buy this from me, look at this from me. And it's right. like, but you haven't even earned the right to direct message me yet. Did you follow yeah, my content? You. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you do Thank any you. research on me? I have one yesterday. Lady reached out and she said, I am an amazing uh, person that coordinates publishing a book. And I said, uh, I wrote back and I said, did you Google Bruce Carnahan forward slash book before you even sent this message? Of course, there's no <laughs> reply because if she'd done that, she would have seen, hey, I already have two books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? So, so talk about misalignment. So she yeah. didn't even she didn't even take three clicks to put my name forward slash book into Google and press the enter button before she sent me the message, right? Mm. Before we go, before we go, two more two sure. things. Um uh first of all, um speaking of the two books, where can if people want to take a look at grab a book, where can they grab a book? Uh Amazon. Or, or they can just put Bruce Carnahan forward slash book and both my, so I have a pretty weight heavyweight textbook, which is the foundation for what I call Simpler, Faster, Better. And again, it's purposely, my method purposely uses simple words because people get so confused with all the acronyms. I mean, if you look in the book, there's three pages of acronyms in the back of the book. <laughs> wow. Right? So... And then, and then the other thing is, I have a little. Um, my little fun thing is this. It's called a fix-it journal. Or the camera won't. Anyway, so it's a little journal, um, and that's available also through Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing. But that's a fun kind of thing. It's the <clears throat> it's the top twenty-six fast tips from my forty years of doing this stuff. Uh, that's in Boom. a journal. My gosh! Well, yeah, we get those. People- We'll Go definitely ahead. get them in the show notes. We'll get those links to the show notes. So you, oh, you, sure. Yeah. Look no at problem. those. And, and well, this last one is... It's pretty Go easy, ahead. Milton. So talk about one-shot uh, communication. If you go to my LinkedIn profile under my portfolio, I have my Linktree there. So from Linktree... Oh. You can go see every single place that I have a social media presence, including right. TikTok. I'm, I'm an old guy on TikTok. Oh, I don't right. know. TikTok. <laughs> This has been like a, such a great conversation. I think yeah. our audience and our guests and listeners, watchers, viewers, you're going to get something from this. Our goal of the show is people to be edutained. So a little entertainment, a little education, but most importantly, yeah. get some insight that you could use to be better. Bruce, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, the, 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 we say the RPA show where you just might learn something. You didn't know. 